moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people, yeah. More moss. More moss to the people. Hi, this is Asa Nilsson, and you're listening to More Moss to the People, where each week we're going to be talking about slowing down, even hurling ourselves off of the Ferris wheel of the production-first mentality and choosing to live a courageous life based on our own needs first and daring to be different in a world where sameness is encouraged more highly than living a life of authenticity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. afternoon. Welcome back to More Moss to the People. This is Asa, and I am your host. Happy August! August 1st. So I read something recently that made me laugh. It said, when you get older, you think that time goes so fast, when in fact, it's not time going any faster. It's just you getting slower. (laughs) That's a bunch of lies. I'm not getting slower. I don't feel like I'm getting slower anyway. So hi, I'm back from my radical sabbatical. One month off. Very little time on social media. Very little time spent on a computer. Didn't miss it. I didn't miss it, but I'll be in. I just honestly, yesterday was my first day back. And I noticed how immediately I went right back into going directly on to my computer, going into the social media channels, going in and starting to connect people again. And I'm like, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? This is like yet another habit that I have that I don't like. I don't like the habit of just jumping on the computer and seeing what's going on with everybody else when I don't really care. I don't care what's going on with everybody else. I want to care about what's happening here in my neck of the woods so that I can stay focused on my beautiful, exciting life and future. Because I hope it will include you. So I want to tell you some things that have been going on. And I just spent a half an hour making a podcast recording in in the format that didn't work. So I did it wrong. So I had to do it all over again. You know, that makes me really happy because, I mean, it's only it's only my life, right? It's only my life after all. It's only my time. So I have had some interesting ahas. I will share them with you. The first thing is, for those of you watching the video, you probably noticed I got all my hair cut off. Off. I am not a person that is attached to my hair. I do not 
care if I have long hair, if I have short hair, if I have, uh, it's, it's just not important to me. It's just not a big deal. And my hair grows very quickly. I know this is super inconsequential, but still the point is, um, having my hair cut off, it's my, when I do it, like kind of drastic, like from long, cause it was getting pretty long to short, like short, short, see, gone. Um, it's my sliding doors moment. Did you ever see that movie with Gwyneth Paltrow? And she plays a British girl and she has this experience where her life goes in two separate directions. And um, one where she misses the subway and the other one where she makes the subway train and how her life takes different paths because once she made it, once she didn't. And in one, um, in one of her lives, she had this long, mousy, kind of like brown hair. And um, she gets it all chopped off. She goes to the hairdresser and they spin her around when they, I had no idea because I hadn't seen the movie yet. And they spin her around in the chair and her hair is all gone. And she looked so free, so vibrant, so alive. That's what I call my sliding doors moment. I'm like, I said to my bestie, Tim, can you cut my hair off for my birthday present? I want it gone. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yep. It's like, sure. So he gets his shears and he's gone. Gone. 15 minutes. My hair is gone. Not to be found anymore. And I feel terrific. I feel terrific. And for anybody out there that uh, is super attached to your hair and looking good and having it styled and coiffed and all that, that's terrific. That's excellent. Love it. Love it. I love a nice hairdo. I do. I just, I'm not the person to take care of it. I'm not the person who's got, I mean, look, I don't color my hair. I don't bother anymore. And it's not that I don't care how I look. I just, that doesn't bother me because I'm 56 years old and I have gray hair. I've got gray hair. I'm, I have nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide. There's nothing fake on this. Okay. So um, just something I wanted to share with you. That was an aha that I wanted to have my sliding doors moment. The next aha is this. So the last time we spoke, I had gone. Uh, at that point, I was in my eighth week, I think, of uh, or maybe seventh week of not drinking as much because I was on the medicine for my eyes. So now I stopped the week before my birthday. My birthday is July 17th. You can put it in your day planner for next year, July 17th. Um, and so the week before, I stopped taking my medicine on Thursday. So Friday, the next day, until July 20, no, July 30th, I drank every single night. It was like the nine weeks never happened. Because I'm on vacation and I'm having the best time. I got guests here. We're going here. We're doing this. It's my birthday. We're traveling. La, 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 la. Of course, we're going to have wine. But did I want wine every day? It was like I convinced myself that because it was my vacation, I needed to be drinking every day. So then I found myself looking forward to July 31st, Monday, when we went back to work. Because then I'm going to get back into my routine. I'm a routine girl. I need me some routine. I need myself a little bit of a schedule. Otherwise, I'm all over the place. I know we're all different. I understand that we are all different. I need a schedule. Okay. 
So yesterday was our first day back to work. Thomas went back to work and um, I got myself all organized. I was thinking about the different things that I want to create and work on. And I'm going to share it with you in a minute. Um, And we didn't have drinks last night. And I felt like a million bucks. Again, I felt like a million bucks by not having wine. What? Why do I have wine? The habit still isn't broken, obviously. So this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, no drinking. No drinking for me. Mm -mm. And if Thomas wants to have wine, I'll be happy to serve him. If he wants to have that with dinner, whatever, serve. Serve my man. Uh, If he wants to have wine, he can do whatever he wants. But I am not going to. So I'm just going to keep this going and I'll just keep you updated as I go along. Okay. So work in progress. Progress, not perfection. Yeah. So, um, okay, I'm aware. So that's important. I'm aware. Now, the next thing is this. So I have had some experiences. Do you ever feel like you're not doing, you're not, what is this? You're not living your highest and best. Like, you know, there's something more for you to be doing like in your life that's like super fulfilling but you can't put your finger on it you know like you're like grasp not grasping for it but you're like searching for it and because you're searching for it it's like it's kind of like always out of grasp i do know this very well so when i took this radical sabbatical of four weeks i like i checked out oh by the way i want to share this with you this morning this was a gift to me from my sister, you did not wake up to be mediocre. I want you to remember that. You did not wake up today to be mediocre. No, none of us did. All right. So let me put that over there. So I'm going to get to my sister in a minute. So this summer, I have had a wonderful time. Thomas and I have had my mother here for two months. We have had uh, different guests coming and going. We have done a good bit of traveling ourselves with my mom. And when my mom is here, she's our number one priority, taking care of my girl, my mom, okay? Then my sister Maria came for a visit also, which was a huge surprise. My sister Maria is three years older than I am, and she unfortunately has stage four cancer, which is, I did not know this, but the kind of cancer that she has is uh, metastasized in her body, which means that it has spread in her body. And apparently anyone that has a cancer that has metastasized, it is considered stage four cancer. So um, they say this isn't going to kill her. She's going to die of something else, but uh, probably. um, But right now she is stable and she's going to be getting shots for the rest of her life. So thank God for that. And I do this because this is what Swedish people do. Like when you say instead of like, crossing my fingers, Swedish people hold their thumbs. I'm holding my thumbs and my sis is going to be good. Okay. And she is good. And I'm going to continue to see her doing well. So um, when she and my mom were packing up to leave, uh, I always kind of get involved because my mom can't bend over for a long amount of time. She gets really dizzy and feels pukey. So I always pack for her. And then while I was packing for her, my sister was sitting in the room while we were talking and I was getting all of my mom's stuff sorted. And they're like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing it that way? Why? Why don't you just throw it in the bag? I'm like, 
let me do my job here, okay? Take it very seriously, and I have a process. I have a method to how I pack. I think we all do. We have our own method, whether it's good or bad or whatever, it's yours. So mine is a very certain way. So, I mean, it took like an hour. I mean, because my mom had a lot of stuff and we had a lot of things to get in that luggage. So um, my sister's watching and then she's like, can you help pack my luggage too? Uh, well, she didn't ask me. I said, I have got to help you because she had 70 pounds of stuff that she had to get in to be 70 pounds and the weight couldn't be over. And so we had to get a separate piece of luggage because the weight was over. But anyway, I was spending all this time getting all of her things situated because she had a lot of delicate things that she needed to bring back to America. So she says to me, as I'm packing up for her, she says, awesome. Have you ever thought of doing something like this for your work? I'm like, no, because I wasn't like, like, what do you mean? Like packing luggage for people? And I just, I said no so quickly that it really made me think afterwards. I'm like, well, that's not actually true. It isn't actually true that I haven't thought about that. I haven't thought about packing people's luggage, but what I have thought about is helping people with decluttering their homes. Now, I kind of talk myself out of that because I'm like, well, do people really want help with that? I mean, like, why would people hire me to do something like that? I'll tell you why. Because I'm good at it. I am good at it. And other people are not good at it. And I don't think about that. Like, I think I'm like, well, surely if somebody wants to get something cleaned up, they'll clean it up themselves. When my sister said this, it was like this light bulb but it's like went off in my head. I'm like, well... I have actually thought about it, but not really packing luggage. I do have a girlfriend of mine, one of my best friends in America. Her name is Jade Ponovich, and her Instagram page is Jade Fashion Sherpa. Um, go follow her. I'll tag her in the show notes. But uh, she does packing for executives, for example, like executive women who are going on like a whole week trip and they need to have beautiful outfits for breakfast, lunch and dinner. They need to have a whole ensemble. They need to have shoes and coats and, you know, makeup and jewels and all that stuff. And she packs like bags for them, like individual packages for them in their luggage. So all they have to do is take out Monday breakfast, put the outfit on, bing, bada, boom. As an example, that's something that Jade does. She works with travel, fashion, makeup. She's incredible. She's got such great gifts and she's such a beautiful eye and she's kind as kind can be. Obviously, that's one of she's why she's one of my best girls. So I kept thinking about this thing, about my sister saying this. And then like all these like little threads were coming to me because I was so relaxed. I was so chill and I didn't have like any agenda. I didn't have any intentions. I just wanted to be on vacation and have a nice time with my family and my friends and my my beloved husband. I just wanted to be relaxed. And I was. So like when I'm relaxed, like all these amazing things, like kind of start downloading. So then I start hearing things. I mean, I, they actually were things of people that were living. It wasn't like I was hearing dead people. I was hearing like messages from different people. I have one of my best girls in America, Angela, leaving me a message. Hold on a second. My cat is at the door. Hold the line. Yes, I'm doing this in the middle of my podcast. Oh, here we are. Walking through the house. Because my gorgeous, gorgeous lion. He was shaved like a lion because he's such a beefcake. Uh, so, okay. 
so I have all these messages like coming through from different people like, oh, my mother-in-law is getting so old. We have to start planning for her future. We have this to think about. My son's graduating and I have like all these different changes coming up. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I know, I know, like change, like there's different stages of our lives. And I have now shifted into a new stage of my life. I have an aging mother. She's 87 years old and living in America. I think about her all the time. How's my mom doing? What does she need today? Is she having anybody to hang out with? What's she eating? Does she have fun? Is she enjoying herself? How's she feeling? Like all this stuff. Is she sleeping well? All these things that are, I never thought about that stuff before. I never had to. She wasn't 87. I have a sister who's got stage four cancer. She's 59 years old. I have other, my brother-in-law, he's got a brain tumor. God love him. Angel, thank God he's doing well right now. Thank God, GBM. Awful. I have other siblings. They're aging. We're all aging now. It, well, we were always aging, but like they're starting to get like, health ailments. And it's like, for some reason, it's like, it's like kind of happening like pretty fast. Like kind of like all of a sudden, this is happening. This is happening. This is it. My sister-in-law, she's sick. She got, I mean, like, all these different things. I'm like, well, Nellie, my family is the most important thing. My family, my friends, my relationships, my community are the most important thing to me. Without that, what is my life? Without all these people around me, this is my, this is my passion. Yeah. My cat, my beautiful cat. My God knows. So my life is changing. My, my priorities are shifting. And I'm thinking when my sister says, oh, so would you ever consider doing this for work? All of a sudden, this book pops into my head. Deostadning, the gentle art of Swedish death cleaning. Have you ever heard of this book? By Margareta Magnusson. She's Swedish. Deostadning literally means death cleaning. Okay. Now, the term death cleaning is pretty frank. Okay. I mean, there's not much skirting around that. So, for people that do not want to discuss death, this conversation's for you. Okay. Just going to say, I'm going to have to be the one to tell you. You're going to die. Your parents are going to die. Your siblings are going to die. Your husband, your spouse, your wife, your partner, your children. I mean, your animals. It's terrible. I know. It's awful. It is awful. But what can we do about it? Nothing. We cannot change the inevitable. What can we do to be proactive in the legacy that we want to leave? I'll tell you right now what we could do. We could start cleaning up our shit. Okay. We could start cleaning up our lives. Now that, I mean that like in a literal, like in a big sense, not just making sure that I've got all my shoes thrown away that don't, you know, that look like terrible. I have holes in them. I'm talking about cleaning up our bodies, minds, our souls, and our homes. Yeah. So not necessarily in that order, but when you do this, they go into tandem like this. It goes like this. It becomes like a zipper. Yeah. Because when we start with one thing, all of a sudden this thing opens up and then this thing opens up and then we start over here and then we start over here. So 
this is something that has been like in the back of my mind, niggling, coming to me, downloading me. I think that's my cat making some noise. That, no, he's out there. I can see him in the yard. He's gone. He's walking down the street. So this is something that I've been thinking about now. I'm like, why is this? Because it's a memory. I'm having a memory because about 20 years ago, there was this document that somebody passed before my oh so very eyes, my astute eyes, that was this document. And it was called, I think, like your letter of wishes. And this this letter, it's like a love letter. Like the most beautiful, oh, I just got chills. Ooh, the most beautiful love letter you can ever write to your loved ones. And that is your final wishes. Got chills, full body chills. Your final wishes. What do you want? Have you ever experienced a loved one dying and they didn't have anything planned out? nothing documented. You had never had a discussion with them about, did you even want to be cremated? Did you want to be like in a casket? Do you? I mean, I've experienced this myself. One of my best friends, Greg, you'll see, you'll see one of my best friends, one of my best friends. That is a common recurring theme for me. I have a lot of really beautiful human beings in my life. And I say best friends. It's like, I don't have any children. So, you know, you say like, oh, they're my favorite kid. Uh, they're all my favorite best friends. They're all my favorite best friends. Okay. So, and that's the way I want to treat every single person. You're my best friend. Yeah. So this person, this angel, he in 2005, he's 10 years older than me. And he died like that. He died a couple of weeks after my father's death day. So I lost my dad and one of my best friends in the same month, August 2005. And he had had nothing documented. And his family comes to me and asks me, well, you know, what do you want to do? I mean, what should we do here? And uh, I was was put in a position that um, I stood up quickly and said what was going to happen because nobody could make a decision and I wanted to honor and respect this this beautiful human being that had meant so much to me. And I made the best decisions I could at the time. Made the best decisions that I could. And I'm still proud of those decisions. Was not easy. I had to do it. And I did. What would have made that easier? Having a simple conversation. Just sitting around having a cup of coffee one day. You know know what? When I die, I want to be cremated. And I want to have some of my ashes put. I'm going to tell you right now. When I die, I want to be cremated. I want to have some of my ashes put in with my mom and dad's ashes in the family grave in Tibru, Sweden. Now, my mom is still alive, thanks be to God. But one day she's going to pass. I hope it's not for many, 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 many decades. She is 87, so maybe it's not that many decades. But you never know with the miracles of science. You know, 87 is like the new 47. So um, that is one of my wishes. And then I want to, you can scatter my body wherever, I don't care. I don't care. I know it's probably not legal, but I'm going to have it all documented. I'm going to have it documented. And so I do actually have it documented. So this is what I mean. Having a discussion like that, the most beautiful love letter you can ever write to your loved ones is your final wishes. Where do you have all your documents? Do you have life insurance? Where are your banks? Where's your insurance? Where... 
Where do you hold your car titles? Where is your mortgage? Where do you have your mortgage with? What kind of like payments do you have every month? What about your digital information, right? So say, for example, you kick it and you've got Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you've got Twitter, you've got YouTube channels, you've got all these things. Who do you think is going to know those logins? You've got to have a digital that gets, um, it's called, some, I can't remember what it's called, but like you have to have like records of all this. And there's a document that you can create all of this in the most beautiful love letter you'll ever write. So the legacy, what is the legacy that you want? Do you want to leave all your junk? Because it is junk. You think it's, oh my God, this is my life. This is my life. Everybody cares about my life. Yeah, 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 sure they do, while you're living. And then when you're dead and they got to take care of it, you no longer are this angel in their eyes. You are now a hell pain in the butt because now I got to pick up after you. And there's nothing nice about picking up after other people that could have been picking up for themselves, but chose not to because they were lazy. They were afraid. I don't want to face it. You can fight over my stuff when I'm dead. All those kinds of things. I don't want to ask for help. Oh, it's too hard. I just can't ask for help. It is incumbent upon us to get our body, mind, souls, and homes together so that we can leave and live, live today in peace. That is what deostadning, death cleaning, the Swedish art of death cleaning is all about. And that, my friend, is now what I want to work with. That's important to me. That's important. It's valuable having the conversation with people who need help. It's not so easy having your family do this. It's not so easy asking, I've got five kids. Listen, you guys want to come over and help me out with this? Of course you can do that. Or you can hire somebody else to come and sit and talk to you, talk with you, talk this through with you, make a game plan. What do you want? What do you want to do? I want to do that. It hit me yesterday. I was talking to my mom and I was like, Mom, I really love the idea of death cleaning and helping people get their ducks in a row. Because I feel like the more settled I am, like the more organized I am, the more clean I feel, body, mind, soul, and home, the more likely I am to enjoy this moment, the more likely I am to actually see, be able to see the opportunities that lie right in front of me when I am like up to here with junk. I can't see anything. All I see is the junk. I can't wait. I can't wave myself through the mess. And at 56 years of age, I've done the KonMari method. I did that. That was a lot. That was a lot to do by myself, but I did it. So deostadning is like the Scandinavian, like the Scandinavian version of the KonMari method doing it, but having some fun. That's my spin. We're going to have some fun doing this. We can laugh. We can joke. We can get rid of stuff. We can donate stuff. We can make relationships with auctioneers now. We can make relationships with antique dealers now. We can make relationships with secondhand people now who are going to want to get this. You can talk to your family. I can help you have conversations with your 
family so that they could say, yeah, you know what? Do you want this? Do you want this? What do you think? You want this? I don't want it now, but I'll take it when you're dead. All right, let's get your name on the back of that. You know, it's, it's like, for me, that's so easy. I've never considered this to be a gift. I didn't realize that other people didn't know how to do this or didn't want to do this or don't care to do this, but they need help to do this. I can do this easily. It is easy for me. I've always been able to talk about death, money, you know, the big ones, the taboo, the taboo subjects, right? I mean, this is the combinations of the the Scandinavian practical, this is how it is, let's get through this piece by piece, bite by bite with the KonMari method of like organization, right? The organization of how do you want this to look? How do you want to live your life? What do you want to keep? Because there's still stuff you want to keep. I mean, you're still living. Obviously, you don't have to be 87 years old to be doing this work. You can be 40. You need to be thinking about this stuff instead of, see, this is where the whole more moss to the people, the whole thing comes back to this. See, you might think that this doesn't have anything to do with this. It all ties together. More moss to the people is having conversations, cool conversations with people who have opted out of the rat race who have opted to live their lives in their way. This is bold. This is courageous. Courage. So courageous to take a hold of your life and think about that legacy. Your family is watching you. Well, my mom did it. My aunt did it. If she can do it, I can do it. I need to start looking through some of the stuff. Why do I have so much stuff? Why do I keep accumulating so much stuff? Because there's a hole. There's a hole. There's a hole in my soul. Something's missing. And when we keep adding more things, all we're doing is creating a bigger and bigger and bigger hole to throw all that stuff into. My take on this is bing, 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 bing. Get rid of the stuff. Give it to people. Donate it. Sell it. Auction it. Whatever you want. Pitch it. I don't care. But set yourself free. Because when we set ourselves free, when we get rid of the things that we think are filling us, we open up the space in our heart so that we can write our love letter, the most important love letter of our lives, to the people that we love the most. Yeah? The people that we love the most. How do we give the legacy that we want to leave? We get clear, we get clean, and we share what we need. We share what we want so that the people who are left after us do not have to sit and think about it or figure it out or clean up our junk. As much junk as there's always going to be stuff that has to be cleaned up. But getting your wishes in order, getting your directives, your power of attorneys, all the attorney stuff, that's a conversation we can have too. I'm not an attorney, but we need to have that discussion. Depending on where you live, I will travel to you. You're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for me to travel to you. But I want to come. Uh, we're going to talk. There's different ways that we can do this. And we'll I'm just, I'm creating this right now and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Like my fingers are going like this. I know it's important. I know it's important. If it's important for me, it's important for you. And I can do this with you. And I know you need help. So it feels powerful. It feels super important. It feels very poignant. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at today. August 1st, 2023. 56 years old, feeling absolutely, wonderfully, powerfully, 
on the mediocre. You did not wake up to be mediocre. No, that's not why we were created. Not why we were created at all. We need to enjoy our lives. We can enjoy our lives. This does not have to be complicated. I will help you to simplify it. I promise you. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. I hope you have a beautiful week. I look forward to hearing from you. Any thoughts, any feedback? And if you want to hire me, if you want to hire me, yeah, take care. I hope you have a great week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of More Moths to the People. I am Asa Nilsson. If you like this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, follow the podcast, share it with a friend. I want to say thank you to Kumail Asli for his help with the production of this podcast. Without him, this would not even be in your ears today. I can assure you of that. And let me let me say a little something about my friend, Gregory Paul Donaldson, may he rest in peace, who would always leave me with this quote. He would say, in the meantime and between time, whatever you do, do it well, and then pass it on. Peace and most importantly, joy. I want to leave you with that as well. I'll see you on the flip side, my friend. Take care.